Seva, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 30 of season 2. And today, I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. I'm feeling a little rebellious. Do y'all ever just get really sick and tired of not being who you really are? Mm. I mean, having to hold it in at the grocery store, having to be chill. When someone is a dick to you on Facebook, having to constantly concern yourself with what you sound like and what you're putting out and holding in all that real, I mean, it's exhausting. And, you know, just in case someone is listening to me and getting a little high mighty, let's be really clear right now. None of us can always say what we really think. Don't even try that with me. Are you kidding me? We just can't do it. From the moment you put your babies into kindergarten, you know, until the very last day that they graduate, you're going to have to watch yourself. If you get pulled over by a police officer, you need to watch yourself. Even in a relationship, you need to think about the words that are about to come out of your mouth. You need to watch yourself. It's constant. It's from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to sleep. And if someone is telling you, they're always telling you exactly how they feel and how they think. They are not telling you the truth. Turn around and tell them they lie. They're always considering an audience. I think I was 13 years old when my mother found my diary. And she Xeroxed that sucker and sent it to all my family. Mm. That was the day I learned that, you know, unless it's between you and the trees, honey, It ain't safe to say out loud. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm feeling a little salty today. I hope y'all didn't think I was only sugar all the time because it's time to get a little bit more real than that. You know, I haven't journaled ever since then. I haven't felt safe to do so. I mean, damn, y'all, if I do and no one ever finds it or Xerox is it. I don't even know what a Xerox is anymore. Screenshots that shit and puts it out on the Internet it, even if I were able to hide it somewhere really good and safe, I could die and someone could find it. I remember teaching my students at a big university that you are always considering an audience. You may think you're not, but you are. Mm-hmm. Whether it be your god or your goddess or who could overhear you or your own head, we are always considering an audience. There's just no pure way to let go of anything, but it's gotten harder to do. I mean, some witch out there is out there judging us. It is exhausting, whether it be the fact that we want to make peace with people or that we want to cast spells on the people that are hurting so many other human beings. It doesn't matter. Someone is always going to take the alternative position and blow you up. There is no way out of it. 
I wonder in all those memes that posit that we can be whoever we want to be and blast it across the treetops. I mean, I am attempting to do so. (laughs) I am attempting to be my most raw, authentic, beautifully fucked up self, but someone is always going to be there ready with that broom to pop us in the head and say that that wasn't witchy enough or it was too witchy or it was too dark or it was too sweet and there's just no way around that shit. And if you're going to do anything in the public, you have to constantly consider what your image is. Oh my gosh. Why do you think I don't go anywhere? I remember the days of academia. And I went to so many conferences and I presented and you know what? It wasn't real. I presented in Philadelphia. I presented in Washington, D.C. All that work that I did, well, I was performing. I remember meeting up with some of the presenters afterward and hanging out with them in these beautiful bars and thinking my idealistic self that, well, that I was meeting someone great, someone that I had believed in and someone that I had put countenance in and finding out they were only trying to just get another line on their CV. It broke my heart. There is a cloak of something being put over everyone. They're all performing in some way who they want the world to see them as. And I get it. And I'm terrified I will perform. (laughs) So I just don't go. I'm too afraid that that could happen to me. I mean, and somewhere in that performance, we are going to get some truth. It's the nature of the beast, man. You're going to get some truth. But overall, are the cameras watching? You know, is someone taking a picture? Who is reviewing our performance? I remember my grandma telling me I could not tell the truth all the time. You know, as much as I want to, Literally, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, I just want to tell the truth. It is so much easier. It is so much more free. But even for the most sanctimonious of folks, telling the truth all the time, well, we're going to break all kinds of rules, y'all. We're going to stomp on all kinds of precepts. There's just no way to consistently do it. I think of all the things that I've done and paid for, the one that I've paid for the most is telling the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. It's telling the truth. God, I remember back in the 90s, I was working at a daycare, and I was desperate for money. I, I had to make money for my children, and this lady who ran this daycare, well, it was only about a block away from my home, and my kids were in school, and she blackmailed me into letting her go over there in the afternoon. Now, I didn't know at first what she was doing. I just thought she needed a place to get away. But when I found out that she was going over there to have an affair in the middle of the day to a place that she thought was safe, I quit. I didn't want anything else to do with her. And I went back to my house and I tried to figure out what in the fuck I was going to do to take care of those children. I was going to school. I didn't have any child support. I had no support for my family. I was really screwed and up against a wall. In the middle of trying to figure all that out, her husband showed up at the door in the blinded rain, pounding on it, 
tears running down his face and said that he had a private investigator and they had tracked her to my house in the afternoon and with another man. Was it true? And I just nodded my head yes and shut the door. That woman blew up my life. She blew it right up with attorneys and cease and desist. And that's not the only time I got in trouble for telling the truth. Oh, my God. How many times? Had a lot to do with uh, my family blowing up. I mean, of course, there's my religion and my spirituality that I will not let go of. And if they're listening, honey, I ain't never letting go. So... Mark me out of all those wills. I'm done. But I have a real problem with hiding things that are true. I have a real problem with um, pretending that things are a certain way when they're not. I don't think I was built for it. It makes me very concerned about, well, my podcast because I have a hard time pretending and I I could never do it. If I have to start doing that, I'm going to have to quit. Quite honestly, y'all, I think there is some kind of blasphemy that occurs when we pretend to be something we're not, especially as witches. You cannot lie about the craft. You cannot pretend to be something you are not in the craft. That shit's going to turn around and blow you up, and it's going to blow up your home. I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to pretend I'm something I'm not. And maybe one day it'll be the death of me. It just is antithetical to my soul. I don't understand people who can do it. I don't. (laughs) I don't get it, (laughs) y'all. I think more than anything, it has helped me to have been fired from my job and I've imposed a self-exile so that I don't have to go into public and pretend to be something I'm not. I remember my mother telling me to not tell people who I was to be quiet, to not tell people too much. And it's just, um, no, I <laughs> against my nature, it's impossible for me. I'm going to mess up, y'all. I'm going to mess up out there in the public. It, and this is the public. I get that this is the public. And I also get that the only risk that I'm making here is that somebody will find out that I'm true to myself and maybe not like who that is. My identity is the last frontier. I don't feel like I'm lying to y'all because I haven't pretended that I'm not someone else. I have told you the truth about that. I have told y'all that I have to stay in this closet to keep my family safe and secure. What I haven't told y'all are all the threats I've received from doing that interview with a pastor. And, you know, not from Christians. So... This is my one nod to the subject. I won't be writing back to anyone. If you want to out me, bring it on. That's on you. That's on you. I've been honest this entire road. I'm not going to quit. If you think it will bring you enough pleasure to do so, there's nothing else I can do. We'll see where that ride takes us, won't we, honey? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, sorry for the little bit of anger. Sorry for the little bit of frustration. But it was always a risk. Being on a podcast was always a risk. And if this is where it takes us, let's go. And now it's going to be very hard to switch into a conversation about anything else, but I'm going to do it. I have a Patreon who has asked me to talk about chickens. 
And since I am so overwhelmed with um, fury about some of the emails and the threats I've gotten, I think that's probably our safest bet. I love y'all. If you don't want to hear about chickens, go on now, hit the stop button. You need to leave because that's what I'm about to do. All right, honey bunny, you want to have chickens and you have no experience. Let's have a chat, girl or boy or anything in between. In this particular case, it's a hurt, so I'm answering to it. First things first. You must be prepared. Do not walk into this with some cute little thing you found on Amazon that pretends to be a chicken coop and some local feed and seed baby chicks. There are so many things that can go wrong with all that, y'all. And chickens are magic. They're going to bring you food whether or not you decide to cull them or whether or not you just love on them and take their eggs. They are nothing but magic. So... Let's start with first things first. Don't even look at those cute chickens at the local tractor supply. Just walk the hell away. Now, I'm not saying not to ever, but I'm telling you to do it right now if you do not have your coop ready. Now, your coop. Let's chat. That sucker's got to be rock tight. You don't have any room to mess around here. Okay? Your chickens are gonna die if you do not do this correctly. So it's all just a bloody mess if you don't go ahead and spend that money right up front. You want chickens? It's going to be money. Now, it's, you know, not a one and done, but it is sort of a one and things get a little bit better after that. Okay? Y'all, forgive me. I don't think I've ever been so damn pissed off and had to talk about chickens at the same time, but don't let that interfere with my message. All right, ready? That coop is going to have to be close to your house, honey. You cannot put a coop way out in the back 40 and hope everything's going to be all right. You're going to need to hear for the screams if something attacks. I'm sorry, that is a risk. The closer to your house, the better. And if that means that you're going to keep it a little bit cleaner so it doesn't smell bad, well, it all works out, right? (laughs) Right. So, chickens are an investment you're going to have to invest. I have found a lot of really great coops online and I've found a lot of shit. At the end of the day, I've had my partner build me some magnificent chicken coops, but I've also found some real wood and welded wire ones at my local tractor. So you can go either way. Now, the ones that we built are all made of steel. I mean, complete steel construction. Number one, let's talk about this. Number one, hardware mesh is everything, y'all. Everything. Okay, so you're going to want the half inch. The quarter inch is like fabric. Something can tear it and something will. That half inch, it's pretty damn sturdy. Okay, now why not chicken wire? Well, do you want them dead? Chicken wire bends with my baby pinky finger. I think my granddaughter can push that aside. And things will. Also, a rat snake can get in anything that is an inch wide. Mm-hmm. They will flatten and squeeze, and I've seen it happen, and you're going to lose all your babies. So, if you don't want to get 
half inch, then just go ahead and quit. Right here, right now, do not do it. You're wasting your time and you're going to have to clean up a bloody mess. All right? So that's number one. Number two, we don't mess around with these diggable floors. We go ahead and spend an extra $200 for that floor and what? That's right, hardware mesh. Mm-hmm. Over time, it's going to get embedded under their poop and hay, and that's a good thing. But if something tries to dig under, it's going to be met with resistance. All in, all out. Speaking of all in, all out. Once you get safe, happy, reputable birds that you are 100% sure aren't sick. I should probably talk about that too, but I'm going to keep going. It's all in all out. I'm going to get to a lesson I learned. It will break your heart, but you make sure that you have you a good room. And you know what? Build you a little compartment, a little place, and make it decent for that extra room or two that you're going to run into, especially if you get babies, so you can make decisions on who the best guy is. Now, I'm sorry. In the human world, There's a lot of gender fluidity. In the chicken world, mm mm-mm, honey, no. We're going to get right to a very masculine problem. Roosters hate each other. Mm -hmm. They will try to kill each other. So you go and get 12 little baby chickens and three, let's fingers crossed on that because one time I ended up with seven, are going to go at each other. What you want to watch for is the one that doesn't start nothing, but will end something. I know, it's weird, but you'll watch them. Now, it works out best if you only have two or three roos, but it's worked every time for us. The roos that I have left, well, I got one asshole, but there's nothing I can do about him. I need him. The roo I ended up with and the roos I've ended up with in the past were sort of the omega of the triage there you know i had the alpha who was a complete dick and tried to kill anything that walked into the coop i had the beta who wouldn't even fight for his girls you don't want that what are you even doing it was the omega he wouldn't start nothing but if somebody came at him he would end it and that was my stanley oh god love him he was a huge bird but he would snuggle a human I've had to make decisions about roos that were really good to me, but really crappy to their kin. And see, that doesn't work out. Then why do you have him? Is he a pet? Well, maybe. But if he's not into the stew pot or at the next farm, you feel me? And then there are the ones that really love their girls. I mean, they're good to their girls. You throw down a strawberry, they drop it in front of their feet and go, I have hunted for you. And well, you walk in there and he tries to flog you. And honey, that's a serious concern. I know somebody personally who got flogged in her thigh and it hit a major artery. Do you want to go there? Mm hmm. So you want that middle ground. That's what you're looking for in a row. But let's back up. It's really important to talk about where you're getting those chickens from. Now, I know, are they NCIP? Is that what it's called? NCIP certified? Um, So you feel comfortable. Honey, NCIP certified, that's only checking for two things. One of them is avian influenza. 
The other one I think is typhoid. They are not testing for some of the most deadly diseases to chickens. One of those diseases is called Marix. This is what I mean by all in, all out. If you can find some healthy chickens, some healthy ones. Now, if they're grown, you can do a feather test and send it. If you don't know where to send it, if you don't have a state facility, holler at me. I've got a place that will do it through the mail. Or you can take a blood test, and that's just a matter of snipping their little nails until you get a drop of blood and put it in a vial. But you need to make sure that they are Merrick spree. And there's other things too, so many other things. But of all the things I've seen, Merrick's is the most heartbreaking. And it's really dangerous to the birds overhead as well. So let's make sure they're clean. If you get a clean brood and you have one or two roosters, you are now going to make your own. Mm -hmm. You're not going to run down there to that farmer who just had a bunch of cute little chickens and you have no idea whether or not they've picked up this deadly disease. They can pick it up by running around outside. It can happen from going to shows. It can happen almost anyhow. This virus can live up to 10 years on your land. So unless you plan on slashing and burning where you live, you better make sure that you get Merrick's free birds. Right now, we have all kinds of things running through the chicken population, and some of it is avian influenza. Google it. It's real. If your backyard flock gets avian influenza, You can expect, well, if you don't get caught, to have a really serious problem on your hands. And if you do get caught, to see the government pull up and take care of your chickens for you. So this is some really hard backwoods knowledge that you might not want to hear. You need to keep them in a coop. Yeah, I know. Doesn't sound very pagan. I don't know what to tell you about that, honey. If you don't already have them outside and they're not used to it, my biggest suggestion is to build one hell of a run. I mean, something beautiful and long. And make sure that you bring in fun shit. Like, I forage chickweed and I chop it up tiny. I lay it around and let them feel like they're foraging. I bring them pumpkin seeds. I sing to them. I build these gorgeous, well, no, I don't, my partner does, these gorgeous um, roosting sticks that go across the back of their coop so they can watch the sunset, fresh water every day. We do not play. And they're living quite the wonderful life. They're not worried about hawks. We're not worried about them catching anything extra. And if somebody is listening to this and saying, but I want free-range chickens, well, honey, This is not your advice. This is the advice for someone who's starting out and doesn't want to worry about diseases and wants to keep, I don't know, anywhere from four to ten chickens happy and healthy and, well, possibly for the rest of their natural-born lives. And on that note, I do have old chickens. I was told that you can't keep chickens past six or seven years. They'll just die on you. And somebody needs to go out there and tell my old retirement club that. I've taken such good care of them. One of them needs a cane, y'all. She's working on 11. She needs a cane. And yeah, she got to live. She wasn't here for me to eat. She was here for me to have beautiful blue eggs. 
And I honor her sacrifice so much that, you know, the rest of her days are just corn and sunflower seed, honey, and anything else you want. Anything, yogurt, what do you want, baby girl? And she got fat, she got obese, and I'm going to let her be. I think the hardest thing about having chickens, well, first is sticking to the all in, all out. That means you get your brood. Hopefully they are not sick. You take damn fine care of them all their natural lives. And if you want more, you let a rooster do that job. That one's hard. I know, because you saw something pretty on the local farmer's market swap, and you want that. Ooh, is it gray with frizzles on the tips? Let me tell you how we got Merrick's. I got real, real lucky. I found somebody who had very healthy, clean, beautiful little frizzle cochins and silkies, and I do love me a small bird. I got some big ones out back that are living out their lives. Still throw about a dozen eggs a week. <laughs> They're the big ones, but but these little ones, they meant so much to me, and I wanted them. And my husband built what we call the shark cages, huge constructions, and ain't nothing getting in there. And inside this monumental thing he built with a tin roof, there's these tiny coops that we got from our local feed and seed that we just constructed inside. So they also feel like they've got a little home, and they can go in it, and they can have their little babies anyway. It was Camelot. They had their babies and they were good mamas and it brought me so much joy. And I sold their little babies about eight to ten dollars a head to good farms and I made sure. Then one day another farmer who found out I had um, garnered ceramas, which are the smallest chicken in the world, wanted to take me out. She didn't want me out here selling and she wanted to raise Saramas, and I didn't know that was her game plan at all. I thought we were friends, and she brought me over a pretty little frizzled chicken, she said, that needed a good home. And y'all know I was trepidatious because that chicken kind of smelled funny. I've got a sixth sense about these things, and felt so bad for it. That was the prettiest little girl in the whole world. And I brought her own in anyway, and they say to put him in quarantine for 30 days, so I did. I put her in quarantine for 30 days. Merrick's has no signs until it's too late. None. When it's too late, well, you can have ocular Merrick's. You can have that other kind that will make your feet stop working and they get paralyzed from the feet up slowly, starving to death. This little chicken I took in was a survivor. I've never been able to love her right because it hurt my heart so much what she took from me, but it wasn't her fault. It wasn't her fault. She's still alive, by the way. Very much still alive. Some chickens survive it. I spent a year going out there and picking up the dead bodies of the ones I loved so much. Sugar, Harriet's sister, pretty little white thing. She went down. All of her girls went down. Rooster after rooster stopped being able to walk. My husband's heart just broke every time he had to dispatch somebody. You don't want to do this, honey. In quarantine, a chicken all day long and not be able to tell. I don't have a lot of time on this podcast, so I just want to make damn sure you are hearing me. All in, all out. Get the right stock, don't get any more. Scary, huh? Yeah, you want to collect something? Collect shoes, pretty rocks, anything. But this ain't like that, honey. 
get the right chickens, love them desperately. And if somebody else has chickens and they come to your house, you need to have those cute little shoe covers that you put over their feet. And don't let anybody else in your coops. You're going to take care of them. You're going to hold the door and make sure nobody ever gets those babies sick. Listen to me. The grief I feel is so deep and so visceral that I know that they trusted me and I brought a deadly disease to them. Having chickens is a responsibility. You can do it as long as you listen and don't mess around with their safety. Biosecurity is critical. If I had not brought that little girl in, I'd still be raising cute little chicks. So let's leave that. Let's talk about the joy, shall we? All right. I still have chickens, the ones who survived the Merricks. I now uh, vaccinate all of my babies. You can go to jeffers.com and you can buy the Merricks vaccination. A good YouTube video is going to teach you how to do it. It's going to be scary. But, you know, these days we can vaccinate a chicken about five seconds flat, even if it's still fresh out of the egg. It gives them one hell of a shot to live. And it does not give them merics. That is a misconception. It prepares their bodies in case they catch it. The downside is if they do catch it, you might not know because they will live. <laughs> so there you go. Totally worth that vaccination if you ask me. Chickens are social. They don't like to be alone. You cannot have one chicken that's messed up, girlfriend. Do get more than one. And if you have ruse, you can't have two in a room. I'm so sorry. You just can't. And one's got to need a new coop. Or if you want a spare, you want to back up, build one for that. But even he's going to have to have a friend. Now, you can take two ruse and put them in a coop. And usually, not all the time, but most of the time, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It'll be a big old wonderful rainbow-colored coop extravaganza. They will live together forever. They may mount each other, and that's kind of funny, and I love it, and do you, boo-boo, but you put a girl in there, they're going to fight to the death. So just don't do it. Always buy good feed. If you can't afford good feed, don't get chickens. The quality that you're going to put into those chickens is the quality your eggs are going to be. And on that note, Never wash your eggs in cold water. They have the strange ability to suck in all the bacteria outside of their shell. You want to wash them in something that is hotter than their shells. But most importantly, prepare yourself. Chickens have personalities. It is a very inconvenient truth. Decide right now if you're going to be able to continue to eat chicken wings. Because my partner has a hard time now. Now, I've been able to negotiate it somewhat. It's awkward for me, and I do see that I'm going to end up being a no-chicken kind of girl at some point in my life. However, you need to prepare yourself to care for them. If you don't care enough for them, you cannot be a good steward. So it's not something you could just leave in their own mess and hope for eggs. You're going to have to get out there. You may fall in love with one. It's just the way it's going to go, honey. And finally, and I'm so sorry to the rest of y'all for this podcast being about, well, almost anything but magic. So let's get to it. 
My relationship with my chickens is deep and abiding. I go out there. I stroke their heads. They seem proud of their eggs. I've never in my life tasted an egg as good as I do from my coops. And of course, the science backs it up. They have more omega-3s. They're richer. Their color's more orange. They're fantastic. But this is an agreement with nature. This is a sacred agreement with nature. You don't throw these in a little box somewhere and steal their food. As far as I'm concerned, they're my partners on this planet. I reward them. I love them. I sing to them. And they give me, well, omelets and pies and (laughs) deviled eggs. And I'm grateful for that. But I don't have that weird divorcing that most people do in their heads when they go to the store and buy a chicken breast or a chicken egg. It's more um, native to me than that. This is an agreement I'm making with the universe. I will care for them. If one has to be put down, it will be put down with love. It will be put down with respect and without fear. That is critical to me. Don't walk into this thinking that you're just going to get eggs. And if that's the only reason you would consider getting chickens, I beg of you to go to your local Winn-Dixie and call it a day. And now that you know, you have no excuse. So be careful about this decision. It's a wonderful venture. I don't regret it. As a witch, as a person, as a beating, thumping heart on this planet, I do not regret it. I only regret not knowing everything I just told you. I wish I'd done better by them. I wish I had researched. But now you know. Do your research. Pick the right ones. Spend the money on their home. You don't want their safety compromised. And then enjoy. Hopefully you will have as long as I've had. All right. I know it didn't seem magical. It might not have seemed witchy even. But I've had quite the fucking day. (laughs) This is what I had. I love y'all. Be witchy, be magical, and for fuck's sake, tell the truth. I don't care if people can't handle it. It's so important to be who you really are. Love y'all. Talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.